48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Barry O'Rourke. The top stories. A paediatrician says he's concerned about children who suffer from long COVID, saying their cognitive abilities could be affected. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un says the COVID outbreak is causing great turmoil as the impoverished country reports a surge in in fever deaths. And in sport, Chelsea take on Liverpool in the FA Cup final at Wembley later today. A paediatrician has voiced concerns about the lasting health effects in children who have recovered from COVID-19. Dr Mike Kwan, a consultant of paediatric infectious diseases at Princess Margaret Hospital, says a tenth of some 130 recovered kids who visited him are suspected of having long COVID symptoms, which include memory and concentration problems. He also says around 30 children experienced a multi-system inflammatory syndrome. Dr Kwan says both conditions are worrying. Both are quite new disease uh, to us, and both are due to the results of the cytokine storm. And as you know, the cytokine storm actually can damage many organs, like the brain, the lung, the, the heart. And we, we actually don't know the long-term consequences of the cytokine storm. So this is why, on one hand, we advocate the uh, vaccination of the children and hope they can protect against the COVID infection. On the other hand, we are having a uh, long-term follow-up on these children to understand more about the disease and also try to know how we can help uh, these children. Dr Kwan also says he's worried about outbreaks in schools as the current vaccination rate of 71% among children aged 3 to 11 is too low. We really worry that there might be another outbreak, the sixth wave within the school environment at this moment. And so this is why the school teachers and students, they require to perform the RAT before the student and teacher go back to school every day. This can help to avoid them to bring back the virus into the school environment. The former Secretary for Financial Services and the Treasury, Casey Chan, says he's optimistic about Hong Kong's economic growth. That's despite the government cutting its full-year GDP forecast to 1% to 2% and reporting a 4% year-on-year contraction for the first quarter. Professor Chan says even though the local economy may be affected by a number of factors, he believes the SAR will be able to ride out the challenges. As we know, because of the inflation worry, you know, many central banks will have to raise the interest rate and no doubt you will have a dampening effect on the economic activity worldwide and Hong Kong will therefore uh, suffer along with these other countries. I think it's understandable how this may happen, but Hong Kong has a very strong economic base. We have seen how resilient Hong Kong is. I think we will, we will do fine. The chief executive Carrie Lam officiated at the opening ceremony of the East Rail Line Cross Harbour Extension a day before the new route is open to the public. Mrs Lam is among the first to ride the train from Hung Hom to the newly built Exhibition Centre station where she highlighted the extension's importance in Hong Kong's future development. The East Rail Line will closely link up the Victoria Harbour Metropolis, which is dubbed as an international financial centre, and the proposed Northern Metropolis, which will make Hong Kong a global innovation and technology hub. With that, we can achieve the vision of the two metropolitan areas in the north and the south, advancing side by side and complementing each other. The first cross-harbour train is due to depart at about half past five tomorrow morning. Police say they've arrested 22 people related to a scam syndicate that pretended to offer low-interest loans. The force said the syndicate is suspected of swindling seven victims out of a total of $1.9 million. Among those arrested are two directors of two licensed financial companies who are accused of passing on client information to the syndicate. Here's Ung Chun Yu, Senior Inspector of the Police's Commercial Crime Bureau. 
The syndicate would co-call the victims, pretend as staff of prominent uh, financial banks and financial institutions and offer personal loans at low interest rate. Then the victims who are filled interest will require to deposit guaranteed fees into destiny's Dutch accounts. The loan offers, as promised, were not materialized after the deposits. Then, never so up in the entire dealings, the suspects become out of reach and the victims make reports to the police. And a quick look at the weather. It'll be mainly cloudy with sunny intervals. There will also be a few showers. The outlook, there will be showers and thunderstorms tomorrow. Showers will lessen gradually and temperatures will fall to around 19 degrees on Monday. Sunny periods in the following couple of days. The current temperature is 26 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is at 89%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past one. The mainland reported 1,979 new local coronavirus cases, of which 253 were symptomatic. The bulk of the infections continue to come from Shanghai, which reported 1,691 new cases, including 194 symptomatic ones. One more elderly COVID patient has passed away. Beijing, meanwhile, saw a total of 56 new cases. Two days after North Korea officially acknowledged its first COVID cases, official media say another 21 people have died. Six deaths were reported yesterday. The BBC's Jean McKenzie reports. At an emergency meeting this morning, Kim Jong-un said this outbreak was the greatest disaster ever to hit the country, according to reports in state media. More than half a million people are now reported to have shown symptoms. North Korea has no vaccines and one of the worst healthcare systems in the world, meaning the spread of COVID could have devastating consequences. Yesterday, South Korea's new president offered to help provide vaccines and medical assistance, whether the North will accept is a different matter. New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has tested positive for COVID-19 with moderate symptoms. In a statement issued by her office, Ms Ardern will be required to go into isolation for seven days and she'll undertake some of her duties remotely. Her partner and daughter have also tested positive for the coronavirus. At least 27 people have been killed in the Indian capital, Delhi, by a huge fire in a commercial building. Local media reports say the fire was caused by an electrical storm, an electrical fault. The BBC's Lepika Pelham reports. The fire started on the first floor and quickly spread to engulf the four-storey building. At least 20 fire engines were sent to tackle the blaze, which took seven hours to put out. The director of the Delhi Fire Service, Atul Garg, said the third floor of the building had yet not been searched and more bodies were expected to be recovered. He said the building had not been fitted with fire safety equipment. Building laws and safety regulations in India are often overlooked by builders and residents. The Defence Secretaries of Russia and the US have spoken for the first time since Moscow launched its attack on Ukraine in February. The Pentagon chief, Lloyd Austin, told Sergei Shoigu that the Kremlin must implement an immediate ceasefire in Ukraine. According to the US government, they did not resolve any specific issues. John Kirby is a spokesperson for the Pentagon. Secretary Austin uh, held a phone call with uh, his Russian counterpart, Minister of Defence Sergei Shoigu, this is the first conversation they've had since February 18th. And the secretary urged an end to the conflict in Ukraine, and he emphasized the importance of maintaining communication. 
The East African regional body, IGAD, has warned that the number of people in dire need of humanitarian assistance due to drought has risen sharply over the last month, with more than 40 million facing high levels of food insecurity. IGAD has appealed for six billion US dollars to address the drought and to help with forecasting and prevention. Michael Dunford is the World Food Programme's regional director. This is really one of the worst droughts that we've seen in the region in history. Certainly the driest the region has been in 40 years. We've had three failed rains. We're desperately waiting on the current rains to deliver, and it looks as though they will underperform. We're even hearing reports that the next rainy season may be a failure. We have a crisis on our hands. We need the world to respond. To sport, and today is traditionally one of the biggest days in the English footballing calendar, with Chelsea taking on Liverpool in the FA Cup final at Wembley. Kickoff is just before midnight Hong Kong time. Here's Chelsea boss Thomas Tuchel. I would not get carried away and say we have to win it, but we will try everything and will change us a lot. If you play a final or if you win a final, it's a huge difference, uh, I can tell you. And uh, we need to do everything to to be um, to be happy with ourselves and um, that we leave everything out there on the pitch. We need a bit of luck. It needs to be on our side, but we will push hard for it. Liverpool are in the hunt for a domestic and European quadruple this season, but their manager Jurgen Klopp said his players wouldn't be distracted by what's happening in other competitions. Obviously it's a pretty busy season, but it will never happen that, that the FA Cup final like just is a we, we, we see as a normal game. It's an absolutely special game. Massive, massive, massive. For some of us the biggest in their career and, and we want to deliver it for our people. And to end the news, the top stories once again. A paediatrician says he's concerned about children who suffer from long COVID, saying their cognitive abilities could be affected. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un says the COVID outbreak is causing great turmoil as the impoverished country reports a surge in fever deaths. And in sport, Chelsea takes on Liverpool in the FA Cup final at Wembley later today. And you've been listening to the news on RTHK. Suffering from work-related illnesses? Come to Labor Department's Occupational Health Clinic to receive medical treatment, prevention tips, and book follow-up consultations. Just call the Kowloon Hotline 2343-7133 or the New Territories Hotline 3543-5701 to choose your appointment time. No referral letter is required. Labor Department's Occupational Health Clinic. Always working for your health. I'm Dr. Patrick Liu. COVID-19 vaccination is the most effective way to prevent severe illness and death. More than 100 million children worldwide have received vaccination. We are working at full strength to have children aged 3 to 11 to get vaccinated. The two COVID-19 vaccines used in Hong Kong are safe and effective. No severe reaction has occurred after vaccination, even among those with asthma, food or drug allergies. Protect your children. Act now to arrange vaccination. I am a primary student. I want to get vaccinated. 24 hours a day. This is RTHK. In a bit here, we're going to get to the 60s and 70s rock with the music masterclass as well. But first, we're going to kick things off with an artist that I have had the pleasure of working with and watching her voice grow stronger every day and watching her confidence rise. And I'm just so blessed to have this person in my life. And today she is making her international radio debut with an original song called Let's Go. Here's Miss Catherine Chan. 
Catherine Chan. Let's go. Remember that name. Moving on to some rock. Got a request for some Red Rider, Lunatic Fringe, even though technically not a 70s song. It is about, it was written about the 70s and the resurgence of anti-Semitism. Tom Cochran and Red Rider, here's Lunatic Fringe. <laughs> 